Welcome to our first episode of YYY Podcast by Social Marie. You can call me Jose, and I'm your host. Today we are traveling to Hungary, a country with almost 10 million inhabitants and seven neighboring countries, including Slovenia, where I live. In the following minutes, you will listen to two great stories of awarded social entrepreneurs speaking about inclusion, personal development, business sustainability, the value of community, and the importance of taking action. But first, can someone explain to me the name Social Marie? Let's make a long story very short. Because it wasn't so easy to find the right name, I asked a lot of friends and they had very good ideas and suggestions. They said, oh, let's say Crocodile Award or Flower Award or Penguin Award. But I didn't like that. Yeah? It was funny, funny ideas, but uh, I didn't like And In my mind, there was always uh, the, the big example of uh, Oscar. Uh, actually, it was the only one I knew uh, as an award. And I thought, I would like to have a name, but it should be a woman's name. So then we was looking for a name, uh, which is well known in all these six countries we are working and um, for the future, because then uh, at that time it was uh, the beginning. And, uh, you know, I could take, an, I don't know, Jennifer, Simone or Petra, but um, I, I thought uh, um, Maria would be a very common name, but it was too Catholic for me. So I, swing, so I, I called it Marie. And also the word social and innovation should be in this name. And uh, I don't know, innovative Marie, it was so hard, yes. But social Marie, it was very fluid. So we liked it. And in the, in the uh, description, we say a price for social innovation. So I think we could find um, a conclusion and everybody was happy. But when I found out then in Vienna, Marie is, is also a synonym for money. I was not so happy anymore because the money is not the important thing. Yeah? Although I know they, they, they appreciate the money, yes. But because for, for us, it is much more important, uh, the value of this price, yes. Um, how, they, how they get uh, well, well known for this. So the people have to know they are very, very engaged persons who try to find. They fail and try to find again as a, a solution for their problems. And so, but uh, I think Social Marie is a funny name and I like it. I like it too. Thank you so much. That was Wanda Moser Heindel. She's the founder of Social Marie. I met Bettina in the beautiful city of Osijek in Croatia. We participated in a workshop organized by Social Marie in coordination with the team at the Museum of Personal Stories. The elephant in the room was a profound question we all tried to answer. How can social innovation initiatives thrive under harsh conditions? I was impressed with Bettina's wisdom, humility, and contagious love. She inspired me to learn more about social inclusion, and I found there is so much I need to learn. Here's Bettina herself, ready to share some of her story with you. I am Bettina Pocai, and I'm a Hungarian Roma woman. And I think that my passion is in education, and that's why I work in, in educational NGOs. Um, so far, two of them. <laughs> my first question to you is, why did you start? Maybe... How did everything come to be as it is today? How I, I became a social innovator, if I can call myself that, is that I started to work uh, at Utsuroma Informal Educational Foundation. For, like, I worked there for two years, and before that I was a volunteer from 2015. Uh, so it's been a long time. And the, um, the walking tour... Uh, that I will call myself a social innovator by is a pretty interesting thing that immediately, like, I mean, the whole organization, what it's doing, 
the whole mission and um, and everything was like a calling to me. I felt like, oh my God, like I want to do this. <laughs> even though I was very reluctant on uh, even trying to come in contact with anyone <laughs> from the organization because I felt that I had so much on my plate already. Um, but then I got convinced and I went and I, I felt like I felt, I felt a click. I felt like I wanted to do this. That's where I, I belonged. And it gave so much response and answers to my questions that I had for my own. So what I needed solution for is that during my, my work as an educator, I had, um, and as a Roma educator, I, I had issues with, um, with finding common grounds and helping children find common grounds, um, even on the playground, uh, because they were constantly talking about their differences and ethnic differences as well. And because of, um, of because of who I am and the children that I worked with, I was constantly feeling that this is not okay, that people are treated in a, in a different way just because their skin color or because they have a different surname or they assume who they are because of their ethnicity. So of course the, the whole thing started because of my own experiences and because I, I, I was like, okay, I can, I was super young. I was like 16 when I started doing this, but I still felt like I can handle this, but I'm not sure if I want the children to handle this. But I did not have the tools to have them to facilitate their problems and also just to, hey, it's not okay if I just, or it's, it is okay, but it doesn't mean anything for someone to say, hey, that's not all right what you're doing because I don't like it. <laughs> like, that's not how it works. Um, it works in a way that, that I, should, I should be able to, to say, why is it not okay? And what, like, give you tools as well, how to change those things that you are doing. It's not just a me problem, it's everyone's problem. So I didn't have the tools. And, um, and one day I was like, I was organizing um, a camp for kids. Um, and I was like, this is my opportunity to invite whoever I want. <laughs> And I will do that. And I think that this is a problem that Roma and non-Roma kids are not, are not playing together on a playground or like having harsh words towards each other. I didn't want it that anymore. So I was like, I'm going to invite this organization that I heard about briefly in a conference once. So I did that. And that was Utsu Foundation. Uh, and when the volunteer who was coming to our place to give the workshop, she was like talking to me about how I should be in the in the group because of what I'm already doing. And I was like, I told you, I do not have anything and no time for this. And this is too much for me. So I will find the time for like my my work and my studies, but I'm not able. Like I was like 18, I don't know, 20, something around that. And um and I was like, I have, I have enough to do, uh, but they did not let me go. So every week there was a phone call. Hey, do you want to come? Hey, do you want to call? And uh, just to be honest, I was like, if I go to one of these trainings, the, the calls will stop. And, <laughs> and that was my aim with it. And then I, I went to the training and it was super bright people talking about like very interesting thing about communication, about, about how the society works and everything. And I was like, wow, this is actually not bad. I should make time for this. And then the first time I went to give a workshop, I remember the exact room, the space, everything. And I have terrible memory. So when I say that, you know, it was a big deal. <laughs> So, so I went there and it was an interest, super interesting conversation about being Roma and non-Roma and how does it, how does it work in the society? And I was young and I was constantly thinking about those questions and 
I by any means did not have the answer to those questions, but I was a slight, slightly older than those kids. So I had a little bit of idea of what's going on. And they were asking the right questions, just the ones that I was asking before. And they were so eager to learn and, and know anything, everything about the topic. And um, the foundation has this amazing methodology with pictures and, you know, with the non-formal educational methodology. And I was like, this is it. I want to do this. I want to I wanna talk to people about all of this because the kids are like, it's not just in, in, an, in a workshop of time, like one and a half hours, you are changing attitudes and like all of that. It cannot be, it cannot be done. But this is my my favorite thing is that I say that I'm like a gardener. I plant seeds. And then, of course, the garden is big, so I might have to leave. There are many, many times that I'm not crossing paths with those children or those young people that I met ever again. And I I have to make sure that I'm planting a seed and in the right conditions that when the sun and the rain comes and when the wind comes, like I I can be kind of sure that it's that the seed is growing. Um so yeah, that's why I started to do it because I wanted to find solution for something that I experienced that I went through. And after a while, um I was so committed. <laughs> really, I that was that was my my main thing that I did um besides school and work is that I I gave all my time to this place and another one. Um, and I think that I made a great progress and it helped me understand myself. And I started to get more involved uh, in, the, in the foundation's work. And um, yeah, after some time, I just left uh, as, a, as, a, as an employee and I'm just helping out with the walking tours of, that we offer in Budapest about Roma culture identity in the 8th district of Budapest. Um, and I work now for another uh, Roma organization full time that is is also about education. We are helping Roma young people into higher education. We have two other educational programs as well. This is the Roma Versitas Foundation, and um, and I love doing it. <laughs> I just love doing it. It's being in being in um being in a space where you feel completely accepted heard and all of that and if i can provide that for other young roma then i'm super happy in other words you started as a social innovator because you remembered how your childhood as a roma child was and you wanted younger generations to begin with less discrimination among themselves and others and also to decrease the effects of ethnic discrimination in the development of individuals. At first, you found it hard to trust others to cooperate, but you saw their authenticity and joined their efforts. After years of working, why did it work? I think that there are, um, there are a few things that, that are most definitely on the recipe of why, why does it work? And um, and yeah, the first one is it's not by by far not the most important one, but I think that you you somehow gotta be fresh, like with the energy you gotta be fresh, and with the ideas you gotta be fresh a little bit. But we are living in a time and an age when like people crave constantly new things, which has the good and the bad side as well. But I think that's really important. And um, um, the second one is personal stories that I find that people are always also interested in. So uh, it has, again, the good sides and the best sides. So when you are trying to prove yourself professionally and uh, especially young Roma and everyone just thinks about or asks you about how did you grow up, um, well, that's that's not an easy thing to 
to to go through or pass through but this is what i i learned from all of my uh all of my work is that personal stories are super important for ourselves for the community for everyone and uh, this connects to the third one is that you are never alone you heard about ubuntu right and <laughs> yeah so that's that's what i'm i'm trying to kind of that's what i'm trying to get so you are not alone um and uh, we are or i am because we are because everyone is there so so more like trying to find places and um, and people where there is less of a competition and more like a connecting i think i think that these three are super important um and when you when you give yourself you are showing who you are and how does that connect to whatever you do i think that people people do like those kind of things so your recipe for success focuses on three main components fresh ideas personal stories and a sense of being one with others. Well, I try to think of it like that, yes. I like personal stories very much. I learned that uh, when we tell our stories authentically, without agendas, raw and from the heart, we can create human connections through empathy. Sharing stories is an act of courage that can inspire us to accept ourselves as we are. In your story, it is evident that you had a call and decided to act. But from my experience, the path of social impact or social innovation isn't easy. Why abandon other opportunities and persist? Yeah, you know, I think about this question more and more nowadays. Why am I not, especially this is what you said, why am I not leaving because for, for more money or for more uh, I don't know, benefits that I could get for my work or why am I not, like, I don't know, outside of the country already. That's what people also ask me <laughs> from time to time. And I'm not sure that I have, like, a, I have a clear answer to that question. But what I can say is that, again, comes back to community and belonging. So I feel I belong here and I want to do something for that community that I feel that I belong to. And there will be always people who, who do the similar or same things that you do for the community. But unfortunately, now I don't think that we are living in a luxury to not do anything. So, so every time I think about it, why am I doing it? I think about I think about the future in a way that I know that social change is not um is not a short process. It's not something that sometimes and especially in in the topic that I'm working at in 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 Ro relating to Roma and Roma people in their in the society and their oppression and systemic racism and all of those things are present for like in Hungary for 600 years now. Those are, those are not going to change in my lifetime just because I want it to be changed because there were so many others who wanted it to be changed. And, and we are always just getting a little bit closer, like a baby step closer, but it's, but I'm, I'm fully aware that what I'm doing is I'm seeing some uh, some from some fruits of that work that I do, but the main one that I work for, I will never see that fruit, and I fully know that. So when I talk to this, talk about this to my to my friends, oftentimes they ask me that, but then why? <laughs> um, and of course, it can be all the small things that are still happening to to me during my day to day life about the work I do, when there is a, I don't know, a smile, when there is, um, when there is, um, you know, a, 
a success that we can we can uh, we can celebrate together that we are rarely doing by the way i hate that we should we should celebrate the little successes too uh, <laughs> um but i know that even if i do this small thing today and i do it tomorrow and i do it the day after tomorrow and i have impact on people and people have impact on me i strongly believe that this society can can be changed for the better in in a long time maybe but it it will be changed and for me that's worth it now maybe i would say this one thing because uh because it really uh, i heard it so loudly from what you were saying is that it's not a problem if people have um prejudices and like misconceptions it's not a problem this is how our brain wired we cannot to make boxes and fit everything into boxes so that's that's kind of normal but when um but when we have a box that we guard so fiercely that no one is really getting there to open it uh and we are also like hiding it away in a corner of our mind and just trying to protect it uh with all kinds of ways um that's that's not necessarily okay <laughs> so in 2023 i think we are um but it doesn't really matter this is a timeless timeless thing um so but we are in in societies when i but i believe that it's open being open and openness are like a true value uh and i would i would love everyone to to get to those boxes in all kinds of topics and try to work with them i maybe it feels like those are belong to pandora but i i i believe they are not um so while opening those boxes um they i think will be more like christmas gifts surprising fun inclusive uh yeah so i i that's what i wish for for a lot of people to to get to those boxes open them uh get like get help to get it opened all kinds of people are there for you to help um and that's it yeah are those boxes our fears our ignorance what do you mean by that yeah it's a combination of of two and many other things so our perception of people of like let's say and we could we could give an example of any nationality or any ethnicity that people have a little bit of or no information about because that's also very important because from what when we have no information but we have a little bit of fear you know exactly where that's going all kinds of imaginations um that are making our our life uh, uh harder so it's ignorance it's fear it's the lack of information it's uh the uh, mm, it's the media picture that it's giving us like what we read all kinds of information that we gather together that it's based on not necessarily our uh, experience of course it can be experience as well but in general just it's the lack of lack of understanding of certain uh, social structures and uh, and processes that are going on so i always tell to people you give me one uh, stereotype about roma people doesn't matter which one i would be able to uh, to tell you historically and sociologically why that stereotype is in motion why the why it's in place so um so yeah i think that those are those those boxes are the combination of fear ignorance lack of knowledge all kinds of things that i that of course i know it's hard to to get there hard to try and and open open them but we need to we need to do something with them because otherwise they are just going to have a lot a lot of those boxes in the back of our minds and that's not giving space for many other good things that should be stored in there. 
social entrepreneurship is very diverse. And I think that getting the right mix of talent, purpose, and technology can be a recipe for scalable impact and social innovation. But balancing a successful business and achieving social change can be challenging. That's why I'd like you to meet Albert, co-founder of Munch. Hey, this is Albert Petstein from Budapest, and I'm uh, one of the co-founders of Munch, the food-saving app in the central and, and middle of Europe. I'm an entrepreneur for, for six years, or maybe a little bit more, and uh, I'm actually the first one uh, in my family who started a business, uh, and everyone, everybody was working in, a, in, 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 in the helping sector, they were doctors, teachers, and they were doing a lot of volunteering. So it was kind of in, in our blood. But also, I decided to, to go to a business school, which was kind of a, a surprising decision in my family. And they didn't understand how business and helping others can come together. And uh, so I had to give it some thought, uh, what, what I want to do and how I will help people and why is it important for me. And uh, I just realized uh, if you are starting an impact entrepreneur or if you are starting an impact business, then you can actually have even bigger impact than having a job in the daytime and doing some volunteering in the afternoon as a hobby, as you can fully focus on your, on your mission. And if it's, uh, if it's sustainable from a business perspective as well, and you can have some revenue and you can uh, hire the best people, the impact can be enormous. And if you are doing something good and people pay for it, that's the best. So this is something I had to learn and also uh, change my mind that doing volunteering, it's amazing, but having a passion and having a, having a job which is also impactful and your job can be your hobby and your impact uh, mission, then that's the, that's the best thing what I can do in my life. Your family has inspired you to continue with their legacy of helping others. And you decided to go through the startup path and build a business. Why did you choose to start as a social innovation startup? When I was, when I, when I was working on my last startup, I realized that Having a good idea and, and doing the pitch and having some investment is not easy, but it's, it's doable. But keep doing it for years and uh, wake, wake up every morning, go to the office, work until late at night. You cannot just do it for money, or at least I cannot uh, do it just for money because uh, it's probably in a risk reward assessment it's it's not uh, the the rational decision it's it just uh, it can be too stressful a uh, lot lot of challenges will come and uh, and and doing a business uh, has to be something more than just uh, making money and this is what i realized and for everyone it can be a different uh, mindset and different uh, uh, a journey, but but at least for me and for my co-founders, it was extremely important. So I had to pick something what I would do, uh, even if it was not uh, a good business. Uh, but I will pick it because it can be a good cause and also a good business, and these two can come together. and And we have this framework, the three-way sustainability. I I briefly. Uh, talked about the, the the financial sustainability and also the environmental sustainability is a pillar of this framework and also the social sustainability and if we have these three these three together and we can find it in a business then then it's uh, it's something what we can uh, happily work on for years and uh, this is how we how we picked uh, the the food waste. Uh, uh, topic, uh, as it has a enormous social and environmental uh, impact, but it can we can also uh, make a good business uh, on this uh, space. The framework you use to identify business models with potential is very interesting. It is based on three aspects: financial sustainability, 
environmental sustainability, and social sustainability. Tell me more about the importance of people and community at Munch. What we do is we are saving food uh, from restaurants, supermarkets, and every food businesses. And we, we sell the, the, the surplus uh, uh, food from these for, for a significant discount, usually around a 50% discount. And people can pick it up in person after they purchased the, the, the surprise boxes in our mobile application. And this is, this is, this is actually what we do, but it's, it's, a it's not just a, a mobile application, but it's also a community and, and, and the community part is probably the most important part of our business. We have, we have a network, uh, more than 70,000, uh, members in our, in our community, Facebook community, and they are posting photos. They are, if they don't like some food, they are sharing it with others. Uh, they are giving tips each other, and uh, they also uh, share some stories, some munch uh, stories, uh, because it's it's also about the personal connections, uh, which uh, organizes a community for the people who care about the environment, for a sustainable urban living, and uh, this is the soul of our company. And if, if you are experimenting with something, we involve them, we ask questions and having a strong community and, and they give what can give you a mirror, can give you feedback and just keeps it alive. It's uh, crucial for us. Munch sounds like a great story, a great case. And I'm very curious, why do you think it works? So we currently have more than uh, 3,000 partners uh, in Czech Republic, Slovakia, and Hungary. And uh, the company is going uh, uh, pretty good at these days, and, and we are growing quickly. And uh, I, was, I was thinking about a lot why, why this is happening with us. And I think what's special about Munch is that usually when uh, people are starting an impact business or like a sustainable sustainability company, then usually these solutions uh, can be a bit more uh, pricey than, than, uh, than the traditional choices. If you want to buy an electric car, uh, if you want to do something good for the environment, usually it comes with, with, uh, with a price tag. What, what we realized that this doing Munch and building Munch is a good opportunity to democratize a little bit sustainability, make it available in every household. It's not something what only rich people can buy, but everyone can have the mobile application and, and participate uh, in, a, in a simple way. And I don't think that this solution, what we are providing, can uh, stop the uh, environmental problems but it can play a tiny part. And uh, with the community, with, with uh, about 1 million people in our platform, they can actually uh, have some thinking about and they can participate in an easy way. And once the sustainability uh, message is in their, in their mind, then they can uh, make the other steps to, to form and transform uh, our future. Munch uses technology to give access to anyone in the territories it covers to participate in sustainability practices without paying a premium. That sounds great. Tell us more about how was the process of growth. So having the having the the right team, uh, the right co-founders is is key, I think. And uh, what I did, I was just um, um, talking a lot about my ideas uh, to like-minded people going for events uh, uh, where I could find some, some people who, who are thinking about starting something good. And uh, it, I, was, I was very lucky because uh, when I was uh, once talking about Munch and my, my vision, and uh, I was even showing some, some demo version of the application, and someone in the crowd whispered that uh, he's also uh, working on something similar or like or want, want to start a food-based uh, business, I just approached him and uh, 
we started the conversation and in uh, two weeks after we decided to build this company together and that was uh, one of my co-founders and we are four co-founders and uh, we had a shared uh, understanding on what kind of business we want to build and that's uh that that could have not uh, happened otherwise if we are having different uh, uh, ideas but actually it was not an easy thing to understand what's the framework we're gonna uh, work uh, with so we spent the first months after publishing the application with a lot of debates uh, on on what are the values of the company and every year we are checking in on on what changed and if we can be uh, true to our values and uh, being very conscious about it, I think it's extremely important. I 100% agree with you. Team alignment is easy to ignore, but essential for growing a healthy organizational culture. Knowing that Munch is growing doesn't mean it is easy to run. And I guess the option for doing something different is always there. So why to persist? So... I think we are in a good moment, although it's also very challenging. We're hiring a lot of people. We have some investors. We have to uh, talk to and negotiate the deals and everything. But uh, it was not like this uh, for, for a long time. It was very tough. And uh, until you reach the tipping point in a marketplace like, like ours, it's, it's so many uncertainties and you just believe that everything will come together at some point and it will just work but the numbers don't work the 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 partners they don't want to sign and it's 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 a lot of hassle and i i'm totally aware that this will happen again so there are ups and downs and we have to uh, collect all the energy from the good times to survive the the bad times and, uh, and, and I also have to uh, be grateful for the moments uh, when, 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 uh, when we are in the flow. And, uh, and why we are keep doing it is that we have so many great ideas. Uh, and uh, we also have a, and that's a, that's a huge uh, temptation for all the startups. Uh, they have great ideas. They want to do everything at once. And this way they can lose uh, focus sometimes. So we created a list of uh, things we are not talking about for one year. And when we, when we come together and the uh, founder offsite uh, retreat, then we reopen the list and uh, the list is just uh, getting longer and longer. And we have uh, a lot to do uh, uh, in, the, in, in this uh, food waste uh, space uh, in a lot of countries and a lot of, uh, ways in households, in producers, in, in retail, a lot of food is wasted and we have, we have a job to be done. So this is what keeps me going. And also the community aspect of the, of the whole thing. When you are seeing the impact that people like it, people use it, uh, you are helping people and that, uh, that keeps me going. Thank you so much, Albert, for sharing your story with us. It always feels great to hear and feel the unstoppable energy of entrepreneurship. Thanks again. Before anybody else, I showed these two interviews to two very good friends and I recorded them in a discussion about what they think about them. Are you curious? Here they are. Hello, I'm Zsófia Tornoci, and I am the Hungarian coordinator for Sociálmari. And besides that, uh, I am also a trainer, uh, organization developer, and I work for different projects and different organizations. Uh, I hope to support uh, social innovators this way. Hello, my name is Jiva Lobatic. I work as a coordinator from Social Marie in Slovenia. Uh, besides that, I also run the Fairtrade Movement in Slovenia 
and I am a co-founder of a cooperative, which is uh, seen as a social innovation in, in itself, since we are working with a very common um, material coffee, but we do it in a little bit different way. I'd love to learn what captured your attention the most after listening uh, to these two amazing stories. Um, for me, uh, I, I was really inspired by both of the projects and mostly on a personal level. Um, from the first project that we've heard, uh, Utsu project um, from Bettina, uh, I love the way that uh, she explained that uh, in a way it was first her own experience and her own needs that uh, she started from and uh, the need that she wanted to ex uh, to be accepted and to be understood. And uh, then she had some kind of a calling. Um, and I, I love the way that uh, she told us, she told you that uh, she was making lots of excuses. But uh, for me, it was really interesting that she couldn't really fight those uh, Uh, excuses and that uh, this inner calling somehow was more important and uh, more significant in a way that then she was kind of pushed uh, to become uh, a member of uh, Utsu and eventually arrived and uh, that she is now at a good place. Um, so it was a journey for her, really. What about you, Jiva? Sophie, I totally agree with you. I had the same feeling that captured my attention the most as well. I uh, loved the thing that she said that the solution she came up with was actually coming out of her own challenges. And I was also captured by her last sentence when she explains that even though she has other uh, possibilities, that even others are forcing her to see other possibilities, she cannot go away from the things that she's doing now, which is actually the basis of social innovators' work in the whole world, I mean, everywhere. So it's something that really connects social innovators, I think. Yes, I, I uh, really th think that uh, it was uh, nicely put that uh, all of us have uh, lots of stuff on our plates, but still you have to somehow find the place, the time for whatever is your inner drive. And when you are motivated, then you have to find uh, the way how, how you can do whatever you wish to do, really. And, and for me, the second project that we've heard about, uh, Munch was also somehow uh, the same kind of journey from another direction in a way that um, <clears throat> Albert uh, was uh, starting different uh, uh, startups and he was uh, doing kind of rather businesses. And then she, uh, he, he had the, the feeling that that's not enough and he wanted more. And when he realized that he was putting all his uh, time and energy into something that, okay, brings money, that's nice, but still doesn't really inspire him, then he kind of uh, went into the, the same direction as uh, Bettina from another perspective. But then he arrived uh, to the solution that he could have the business and the cause in the same uh, enterprise. So that's, that's really something amazing, I think. What do you think? I totally agree. It's amazing. But what captured me the most was one little thing he said. It was that when before starting his business, he was talking about it. And there was somebody in the audience who had the same idea. And instead of seeing him as a competition, he approached him and actually they built the business together and it's now successful. And this is also, um, I think, a way how to approach think, things and people, not seeing them as somebody who can hurt you or who can uh, do something instead of you, but join the forces and actually together you can be much, much stronger. Yeah, that's, that's great what you're saying, that uh, this is somehow the base, I think, for social innovation, that you see other people as uh, possible uh, collaboration partners and, uh, you know, not somebody you have to compete. So that's, that's great. What do you think about persistence? It looks to me sometimes like the path of social innovation is a way of no return. Could you share your thoughts with us? 
Um, while I was listening to uh, the interviews, I had the feeling that um, this kind of inner drive of uh, helping and uh, being part of the community and doing something social is very much rooted in, in childhood. So for, for both of them, there were some experiences. For Bettina, it was how uh, she felt as being Roma in also a non-Roma community and seeing these differences and how, how she feels in that. And for Albert, uh, I, I had this feeling of the helper family, you know, that everyone is a helper, that this is also a route from which he then chose another direction, but uh, still uh, he, he helps in another way now. And I think that this uh, persistence is um, also there because for both of them, it's it's coming from the, the inner, from, from the inside and somehow... There's a, a motivation, there's an inner drive, and uh, that that keeps them on the track. True, but on the other hand, what they both also um, stress is the community and belonging and the things that they're doing to the co- for the community and that they, they see the fruits of their work in the community and it's bringing people, people together. And this community, I think, is also very important uh, for the persistent part, because when you are alone, even if you have a huge motivation, if you even if you know that you are actually solving a huge problem, if it's not recognized within a community for which the solution is meant for, it will, I mean, you cannot go on for a really long time. So you really need that feedback from the community and they both got it and they both appreciate it which is also very important. You can never take community for granted. A lot of times people start doing that just because, you know, at one point you feel like a little bit like a star or something. And it's like, of course, people want to be around me. But this goes away. If the community is not strong, it goes away. But in both their cases, they didn't come from this type. They they came from the appreciation of the community. And I think this is a very important part in persisting in something like uh, social innovation, social economy, social enterprise, or something that you're actually doing because of solving a problem in the local community. There is no doubt in my mind that the path of the social impact entrepreneur, the social innovator, is uh, a path full of purpose. And that's very inspiring to me. I wanted to make one more question to you. And it is, what a social innovator should rescue from both stories? By, by listening also uh, to you, Jiva, uh, and to your uh, opinion, it uh, just um, got into my mind that uh, I would say that to listen to your inner drive and also to yourself, what is it saying, and to listen to the community. So what is the community that you live in saying? What needs they have? What are the biggest challenges that you see every day because you are part of that community and you want to, you know, live a, live a life, uh, a better life, a life uh, that where you can belong to that community and you feel well and listen to yourself uh, on, on uh, what you can do what you would like to do, what you would be mostly motivated doing. Um, so while, while listening to these two projects, uh, I had the feeling that they're coming from two different directions, but both of them uh, were listening to themselves and then just simply doing it. And what I've learned is that when whenever you start with something like that, whenever you start even if you start like volunteering or, or doing supporting a group, people doing, helping something, um, then you f- have the feeling you want more of that because it really feeds you back. It gives back a lot. And uh, whenever you start, you will know that this is how it goes. If you don't start, if you don't try it out, then you will never really realize that uh, it's giving you a lot. Sophie, I think you said it all. <laughs> I would just add one small thing. If on top of everything, what Sophie, what you said, Sophie, you can 
put together also the pers- uh, the perspective of money. So making enough money to actually support you as a person, you have a winning combination. You are doing something with purpose for the community. And at the same time, you are making enough money to survive. I mean, nobody will become a multimillionaire by doing uh, social innovations like this coming out of the community. But if they can actually live on it, that they're not just doing it because of the enthusiasm, even though some of the social innovation, of course, are done just and exclusively on the basis of uh, enthusiasm. And that's okay as well. But on the other hand, if you can make money, it's amazing. Thank you, Jiva. Thank you, Sofia. And for you listening to this podcast, I'd like to contact you with Birgit. She knows everything that you need to know about Social Marie. Hello, my name is Birgit and I'm responsible for communication and coordination in Austria. Um, we at Sozialmarie reward projects that make a difference in the lives of others. Um, these projects have a meaningful impact on people's life and provide the opportunity to make a difference in their communities. So basically speaking, the meaningful focus of our work provides a lot of intrinsic motivation. The emphasis is that these projects are innovative, that the solution to the social challenge is a novel one. So uh, we get to know many great and different projects every year, which makes the work at Sozialmarie very exciting and varied. I am based in Vienna and the cooperation with all colleagues in the countries is very collegial and appreciative. Um, and there is always room for new ideas and growth on a professional level. Our first podcast episode is about to end and I would like to thank you for listening to it if you have ideas if you would like to get in contact with us please do so share your ideas your thoughts share contacts share stories Uh, we would love to hear them for the moment I'm leaving I wish you a fantastic day and let's stay in touch Thank you.